we join the cast as super legit before the show as Steven notices something has changed. I've, I've got an unimportant question. Jet, did you get a new camera? Or are you as a person in higher definition? <laughs> I, uh, I, have, uh, I have trimmed up and uh, allowed my uh, face sides to become more visible. That's, that's what we call them. That's what we mm-hmm. call them in the uh, in the industry is face sides. Face sides, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I let this grow way too long, and I have one stylist I see, and she books months ahead of time, and I got lazy and didn't book her until several months ago. I was like, cool, January I needed a haircut. March it is. It was really unruly. The last time I saw him, it was so so much so that like I almost didn't want to give him a hug. It was, mm. <laughs> which I get that now. I always thought like. Ladies would be like, I was like, you guys are freaking out too much over guys' beards. No, like as a dude yeah. hugger, I was like, whoa, this is a it lot. Was, <laughs> it was lucky I had the lasso. Otherwise, that would not have happened. Uh, but it, it fit the look. So so in yeah. England, I was I was walking through Chester and they have like barbershops. And so I went to this barbershop and I said, could I get the beard and the haircut done? He's like, yeah, cool. He goes, I'm busy. And it took about two hours and he did like lotions and oils and you'd yeah. oh my God, and slaps your face a little bit. And like I an hour it. and a half into it, I'm like, Oh dude, this is going to cost like $200. Like <laughs> legit. And at the right. end of it, he's like, do you like it? I'm like, yeah, it looks great. How much is it? And he goes $30. I'm like, Oh, my oh God. dude, oh, yeah. wow. I'm coming tomorrow too. That's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Let's get this done. It was amazing. It was amazing. Wow. For that price, I expect him to just hit me in the face with a copy of Field and Stream and then send me my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that's the American healthcare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And welcome back another episode of super legit podcast everybody hi i am your host jet kaufman and i am once again surrounded by um most of my favorite people a couple people are missing this week um ali mar shockingly could not be here this week <laughs> uh we are missing uh who else are we missing here oh, oh Sean michael loser michael, michael, michael loser is out um and then yes yeah, our co-host our <laughs> yeah funny you should point that out josh because of course without a co-host yep. Without yep. Michael Hyman, we need to fill in. We put someone, this in. A, right? This is a bylaw. Yes. yes. Go ahead. Yes. All right. No, and, and I can see you know exactly where I'm going, Josh. Ninety-two dash eight three seven a. You want the job? Yep. So here we go. Uh, our co-host for this week will Ray, be. Ray, it's our time, baby. You too much. David Escobedo, our special guest. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I also know there's a lot of duties that come with being a co-host, so I'm going to just go over my list really quick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just uh, yeah. just review that carefully. We want to make sure this goes 3 I'm glad. Yep. Oh, wow. Look at that. Um, oh, you printed the them book. out. Yeah. yeah. Kind of you printed that good. whole Google Doc. Wow. That's oh, impressive. Geez. And well-bound. That yeah. was the thing you asked me to print and send all the way to England. You, yeah, it's expensive. It's heavy too because it's all you, paper. You know, did that? Yeah. Did that come out of the show's budget, Josh? No, I paid for that because oh, okay. we could. We Woo. all right. I feel have no budget. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. welcome, David. Thanks. Oh my gosh, thank you so much yeah. for being here. Welcome, you. David. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Like. I'm, uh, I think you guys do great work. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm actually honored. I'm really excited. Ooh. Aw. Oh, well, sweet. I'll take that. That might be our first honored. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
are, are you going to start collecting uh, collecting those Stephen C. James, uh, all the, the descriptions people give of, of how happy they are to be here? I mean, as I said earlier, uh, I love approval. So, uh, yeah, I... Uh, for someone to be honored, that's like uh, three feathers in a cap. I, I think that allows us to now change the title to the Honorable Super Legit Podcast. Right. Oh, I, I yeah. believe if it pleases the court. I think we're going to yes. get knighted. Yeah. Oh, it does. Uh, yeah. Well, David, in all honesty, when we were thinking about guests to have on the show, honestly, we were talking about people who inspire us, people who we love playing with, and people who just we definitely would want to have on. And you were at the very top of that list. So. Yeah, well, glad you can make it, dude. Seriously, well, even across yeah. the pond. Well, you know, it's people who are enthusiastic and and happy and love what they're Truly. doing and love this community and like that's you know this is this is about our community in a lot of ways. You know, this was about building it out of out of the people we connected with, and then uh, bringing them in and championing them and having fun with them like we used to on stage with with you and others. That is the most heartfelt and touching. Description of building something out of people that I've ever heard. <laughs> it would normally be disturbing. Yeah. Not yeah, this yeah, time. Like as, as un-Texas Chainsaw Massacre as it could possibly be. Yeah. <laughs> There's a place called Kunahora in Prague, and we got a chance to go to it. It's called the Bone Church. I don't know if you've heard about it. <gasps> what happens is uh, the short story is their graveyard started overflowing. So one of the monks who couldn't, couldn't see very well started taking the bodies and building like chandeliers and like huge art pieces with like the oh, skulls and the bones. And uh, after he finished, supposedly he gained his eyesight back. It's like an honor for doing all this kind of stuff. That's um, fucking cool. Aww. And it sounds really like macabre and it sounds really and dark. metal. Yeah, but when you're there, there's something about it where it's actually really beautiful. I mean, there's something about it when you're there, you're like, oh, this, because he, he's meaning to honor the dead and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. So talk about building something out of people. He literally built something out of people. Oh, oh that's, wow. Yeah. And that's one of those like intention things where it's like, listen, I meant well. <laughs> you know, I may not have used the best tools, but I was clearly trying to do the right thing. I mean, I do, I do envision him as kind of a sitcom dad who's like, if I just turn these into furniture, no one will notice their corpses. <laughs> I really hope right next to the Bone Church is the original and oldest brick supply yard. <laughs> I also like I'm to think that he, re he regained his eyesight and was like, ah! <laughs> like, he just was like, he just like, hot up, I thought this was lumber. And it just... Hey, honey. Um, I, I wanted to tell you I'm 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 so sorry that we lost Sparky this week. I know I know you loved Sparky very much. It's okay, Mom. I'm recovering. Oh, oh wow. Oh, okay. I uh, I thought you were taking this uh, much harder than that. I, I you loved Sparky oh, I'm so much. Oh, taking pretty hard. But you know what they say when life gives you lemons. <laughs> I'm concerned about where that laugh is going. It, it wasn't uh, the kind of laugh I usually like to hear from you. Oh, well, I mean, no need to judge or anything, Mom. It's just that I realized that, you know, life is uh, fickle and fleeting. And mm -hmm. one day I'm going to be gone, just like Sparky. So I might as well enjoy it while I'm here. If I let myself stay sad too long, I might miss out on a golden opportunity to appreciate life further. <laughs> oh, oh, my, oh, my God. That's, that's such a wonderful attitude I I, I I i gotta take that in myself i, I feel like I, I need to apply that to my life too oh my god you are such a wise wise how did you get this wise how'd you get this great outlook oh i don't know mom i mean 
just life and dealing with various things. I mean, I'm in school every day, and if there's anything that I've learned from being in school, nothing matters except for the moment. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll trade you my chewy granola bar for your pizza Lunchable. Sounds good. That chewy granola bar is all full of high fructose corn syrup. And if it triggers my familial trait of diabetes, then I'm going to wind up dying sooner than you. Cut back. It's nice that you're getting along so well with your, your classmates and everything. I mean, just I, I think it's you clearly turn the, the worst into the best. I think it's just it's lovely. Well, thanks, Mom. I mean, after all, I'm raised by a parent who couldn't even decide to spend money on the dog to take him to the vet. But I'm not even going to let that be held against you. Because I realize you've got a lot going on. After all, you've never really been ambitious at your job, which is why you couldn't afford it, because you didn't get a raise. Wow. Uh, you really cut deep. Ah, uh, But oh, you're right. I hope that didn't hurt your feelings, Mom. Hey, uh, do we have any more biscotti in the fridge? No, I uh, I ate it all at lunch. I ate all the leftovers because I am a selfish parent who only hey, thinks of themselves. No, 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 Mom. It's not that you're thinking only of yourself. You're caring for yourself. you got to take care of yourself too, Mom, okay? If you want to eat all the biscotti, eat all the biscotti. Live for the moment, Mom. Live for the goddamn moment. Okay, all right. I, I'm going to take the lesson. I'm going to ignore the language um, <laughs> just just for this this just for this occasion because I'm really um, hurting on the inside as I recognize all the mistakes I've made through my life and all the ways my hey. uh, my little child hey, has just surpassed my emotional uh, hey, uh, stability. Hey, yes, 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 mom, yes. Look me in the eye. Look me in the eye right now, Okay, mom. all right, yes. Hey. Yes, sweetheart. Hey, yes. mom, you got this, okay? Oh. I mean, just because you haven't stood up for yourself in the past doesn't mean that tomorrow you can't stand up for yourself, all right? Oh. Okay. You can walk in there and tell your boss, Mr. Anderson, listen, all right? I know the kind of place this could be if you gave me a bump up and level. If you want this place to continue to falter... I'm listening. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So um, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, ooh, uh, she said, um, <clears throat> I, um, I, need a, I need you to, to, to bump, bump me up um, to a place that I belong and I deserve, oh God, oh, uh, uh, I knew I should have written this down. Oh my God, she's just, she's so much more. Uh, hold on one sec, can I get my daughter real quick? Can I just get her? She's she's right outside. I brought it's her in. It's highly for my, uh, unusual, but I'm going to say let's go for it. Okay, all right, uh, sweetheart, sweetheart, can, can you do Hi, this for sir. mommy? Yeah. Hey, remember, every day a woman is honored in the workplace, she brings her daughter to work in her heart. I've never thought about that or women in the workplace before, but you've really changed my attitude. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Hey, by the way, you should probably quit smoking. Those cigars will do a number on your heart. They might feel good right now, but they're not going to feel good later on when you want to run with your grandkids. Oh, God. God, I never thought about my grandkids. Or my children, for that matter. Oh, uh, I, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. You you have saved a life today. Oh, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm letting my personal life interfere with what you wanted to say. No, 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 no. I, I'm just appreciating this moment with you, sir. It's not often that I get to speak to one of my mom's elders. And I'd say, I don't think you appreciate my mom enough. But you know what? Just because you made mistakes today doesn't mean you can't do better tomorrow. What if you were to just carte blanche... Promote every woman in your workforce. What sort of message would that send? 
You're right. Mm -hmm. If I would suddenly treat all women in this workplace the same, no matter what kind of achievement or personality or thing they do, just stop treating them as individuals. Uh, let me get, I mean, I'm just the janitor. I don't, I don't think I should be promoted to vice president of the company. That I mean, I really can't talk. I, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying that I don't think it'll be very good for the company. I literally don't even know what you do here. See, that's what we could use. The kind of fresh perspective that's brought by some person whose individual characteristics I haven't bothered to learn. Well, there's none to learn. I just know how to sweep. Well, sorry about the lawsuits, but I am 11 and in the midst of grief. So That's maybe I okay. didn't give the best advice. I'm taking my bindle and riding the rails off to the West Coast. And Live who... in the moment. Now, as God, I want you to know, it's never our intent to take a child back up here so early. But as you said earlier, you know, you did have diabetes. So we are happy to have I you. I sure did. Enjoyed every Zagnet bar on the way down. We have a special place for you up here. I think you'd be good at the pearly gates. You check people's in, what? see if they're in, if they're in the Lamb's Book That's of Life. That's a great gig. Just for you. Wow! You I'm think? a people person. You're making me train my fucking replacement. I'm Saint Peter. I've been here for thousands of years. I, I, I don't do the math. It kind of It's a blur. You know, Are you going to make me train my look, goddamn he, replacement? He, when was the last time they let a woman try, huh? That's all I'm saying. It's It's been at least 2,000 years. It's been a lot longer, God, I'm going to say. But look, I'm look, Mary fine. Magdalene, you know and they've never even asked me. Quiet, see? Mary. Well, see. That's the God I know. Look, <laughs> fine, fine. You know what? You take it. You think this is easy? You want to stand up here and tell some kid who came in, hey, by the way, your parents forgot to baptize you, and so you're going to have to go in there oh, with limbo, ah. a room full of unbaptized babies, so you'll spend eternity with other people who aren't potty trained and can't talk. Hey, Peter, there's your problem, Peter. You're keeping people out. Why don't you just let everybody in? Come on, Peter. You think you think I don't want to do that? You think I like being the bad guy? Look, we got a guy who's paid to be the bad guy. Yeah, hey, I got to be the bad guy. The bad guy. guy's downstairs, just for the record. He's downstairs. Everybody's good up here. Just saying, just saying, just saying. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm Listen. the one who sends people to the bad guy. All right? I'm worse than bad news. I'm letting you know you have bad news. All right. You know what? I'm going to let you think about this. But why didn't you just choose not to be the bad guy? You had a moment. A moment. Every moment. For the last however many years you've been here, it's to been just a lot. say, maybe my boss wasn't saying the right thing. Maybe I should stand on my own. St. Peter, uh, wow, you lost your job today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know what? The layoffs, you, you just don't see them coming. No, I mean, and you, you think they give you like two weeks notice. It's heaven no. and stuff. Now you're going to lose access to your health care? That's yeah. horrible. Not even like an ethereal gold watch. I'm just gone. Uh, right? At least you've been uh, investing your 401 so when you retire, you'll have that money left over in heaven. Well, here's the thing. The 401k in heaven, yes. it's just a plate they pass along. You put your money in. Oh, okay, well. You know, gets it? Really? You don't see a percentage of that at all? He keeps the tips, too. Nothing. Nothing. I, oh. I get no points on the package. Oh, dude, that's, that's going to be tough. Uh, well, I think it's probably best just to jump back in there and look on Monsters.com for some job replacements for St. Peter. You, you think I'm a little old to retrain? 2000? Uh, do you think that's I, old? I feel like I'm going to go in and they're going to feel like I don't have that youthful vigor. 
just because, you know, I've been dead for longer than maybe their entire family line has been on Earth. Um, before you go in there, I just need to let you know our CEO um, was just promoted. Um, it's really good news for anyone new coming to the company. She used to be the janitor. So um, oh. <laughs> re- uh, good luck. Uh, oh, great. Um, hey, let's hear for career change. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you, you you can come in. Now. Oh yeah. I was gonna I was gonna buzz you, ma'am. But you're um, right. She only oh, knows I sweeping. I don't even know what I, that means. Yeah. An intercom. Come on There's in, an I intercom. Guess. Right. So you don't need to stand in your doorway. You can go sit behind your desk. Oh, um, but okay. If you just I was wanna... just going to sit by the trash can and wait for somebody to throw something in it. But I, okay, I'll, I'll go <laughs> by here and anymore. sit. But yeah, that's, um, that's kind of just, just how my know. old job felt. Oh, really? <laughs> Look at that common ground. I'm going to go. I, do, would you like coffee? Uh, I mean, do you want me to get it? No, 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 no. I'm your I, assistant. I'll do it. I got I it. I just it's don't my job. know what that word means. I, um, uh, I'll be right back. You too, chat. Okay. All right. Bye. I, this is I, so confusing. I don't know yeah, what's I know, going on. It? Oh yeah. my god! When he pressed that button and that little box across the room started talking, I what know. the hell's going on? I was up like, here? "Who's in there? A little person? Are they exactly. trapped? Do I need to How help?" How did it fit in there? I don't I know. I almost broke the thing open. I did too. You know, I've just been sitting here hanging onto my broom, which is the only thing that makes sense to me. And just like this trash can is not going to fill itself, I'm the only one in here. You are like you are. It's like you were looking into my soul. I, like I, you, you well, and I, you, like we are so on the same page. I gotta say, I, it's like I'm looking at a soul. You're like basically like kind of see through. Those yeah, are yeah. big wings. You know, and stuff. a little bit of theory. You guys don't have. You guys don't have a rule against hiring dead people, do you? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So I guess I don't know. All right, I'll take I mean, it. So I guess it's fine. I mean, they told me I can make any decision. You seem like a nice person. I have no idea what you'll be doing, where you'll be sitting, where you're parking. I can tell you that if you fill a trash can, I will be taking it away. And that's okay. the only thing I can tell you about your job. Look, I don't even know who pays you. I, whatever you want me to do, I can do it. And guess what? If you need somebody to stand at that front door and tell people to go to hell, I got years of experience. You know, you know what would be great? Do you have any trash in your pockets that you could put into this trash can? That would actually, if you could do that, if you could just find some trash, put it in this trash can so I have something to do today, that would be, or or like, if you have any dirt on your shoes that you could just like scrape off and put in a pile that I could sweep up, that would be be incredible. I'm a few inches above the floor, Um, but I do have trash in my pocket. Let's see if it stops at the bottom of the trash can. Oh, oh, it turned into a dove and flew away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's That's recycling where I come from. Okay, got it. (laughs) Legit. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't end and I didn't want it to. (laughs) (laughs) That is is 50% of the reviews I usually get. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... We uh, we generally have a question on the show. We usually get to it sooner, but we had such a great long scene that we're going to get to it now. So I'm going to throw this one out to my wonderful crew of friends here. What's the biggest intentional life change you ever made? It's a relatively simple question, I think. Oh, I see Stephen's hand up. What have you got, Stephen? Uh, I moved to California. Awesome. I mean, in 1999, I graduated college and I like decided to move to California. And that was from that Texas, was like, right? Yeah, that was from Texas because actually I was in Texas last week and it was, there was a lot of reflection on that because, you know, it's, it's been a good long time. And that was my uh, a good chunk of time there kind of on my own for the first time in a while. And yeah, I moved to California in 1999 
And because of that, I uh, found this job, uh, which then led me to deciding to do uh, improv so I could get more training in that job as a drama teacher, uh, which then led to me making a bunch of friends in improv, which led to me then having uh, a a minor tip with one friend uh, on a New Year's Eve that made me realize I needed to be dating more. Uh, which led to me signing up to a website, so I would then uh, later meet my wife, Josh. Uh, who, yeah, actually uh, eHarmony, it it worked for me. Uh, um, <laughs> I did eHarmony for a little uh, while too. I, right. Yeah, I yeah. met, I I met mine on OK Cupid. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, this was back. Um, this was like twenty uh, eleven, twenty twelve, when it was free and in a newspaper. It same. wasn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. That's how dating used in, to work. Newspaper. <laughs> yeah, um, and I mean. Technically, Chris Compton met his wife at secondcity.com. Oh, that's true. Um, that's true. So, yeah. Really? At the uh, website. Got to sign up for classes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, and like, and now I got a kid and I, I own a house in Burbank um, and I'm on this podcast. Like all of that was the domino was like me deciding, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go to California and see how that works for like five years, 20 mm-hmm. something years ago. Why did you make that decision? Like, was there something, was there context of like, I need to improve the situation or was yeah. it like a dream of seeing something better over there or a combination or what? I had always wanted to explore California. I'd always wanted to live in California. And I had a friend out here who was pursuing acting. I had no desire to perform acting or ever be on stage. Um, I was planning what? on going uh, to be a teacher, which I, which nailed that one. Uh, but I, I knew that when I left Texas, I knew that I didn't want to, I didn't want to stay in the area of Texas I was in, but I also knew when I left, I wanted to be going to something as opposed to just leaving something, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I want to mm. go to California and I want to try that. I want to see what that's like. And it was just like, wow. you know, it's been pretty much home run all time, all time ever since. Looking back on it, you probably can go like, oh, that's a great decision. But at the time, was it scary as hell? Like, were you like, oh my God, what oh. am I doing? Oh yeah, it was scary as hell. Like I, I lived at home through college. So it was really like my first time doing a lot of the grown up stuff, you know, like living on my own and figuring that stuff out. And like my job, I'm I'm a school teacher. So pretty soon my major source of income was like, hey, person who's just now being an adult for the first time, you've got to stand in this room and be an adult in front of everybody for the first time. Um, And yeah, yeah. And it it has fortunately, uh, it's fortunately worked out amazingly well. Super. Now, listen. Chris, I, I understand you're going to take three ships and sail across the sea to discover the new world, but I'm just saying don't just don't be disappointed if there isn't a forest made of dark chocolate. Okay, I just find it strange. Where your accent go? Just, <laughs> I've been working very hard to just have a non-specific region accent. Okay? <laughs> King of Spain? Where's your accent from? <laughs> I am a if we're, if we're throwing man. people under the rug, where's your accent from? <laughs> throwing people under the rug? No. Under the hey, rug? Captain no. Ships, I'm explorer. I am very cultured. You sound very I have Russian. Been I mean, around the world. Don't, don't, please don't tell me where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I know where I've been. Okay. Okay, because in your when you submitted. Your request for three ships, you said you wanted to find the land of of, of chocolate and sweets and hey, spice. I have to admit, I'm partially I am partially interested, but I'm not sure this is going to actually pan out. Uh, just trust me, okay? Once you sure. go past the middle of the ocean, I've already explored China. 
And what'd you find in China? I haven't. I. This is why I want three ships to go there. I want one called Nina, uh, one called Santa Maria, and the other, mm, I don't know. Uh, uh, King Gaspar sounds great. King Gaspar? Mm, yeah, okay, sure. We'll see if that changes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want the ships to go so I can make it to China. <laughs> but preferably India. Have you heard about the spices there? No, tell me about the spices. <laughs> It's just, it's where they uh, currently they have to go, they go across land and I'm just saying if we go across the water, it's quicker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and look, if I'm... I happen to run into magical forests of chocolates and sweets, uh, I, I think you're selling it. me a bill of goods here, Chris. I think you're selling me a bill of goods here. I, I on paper we were talking about dark forest chocolate forests and, and now we're talking about just regular spices here like i want are you gonna bring back some candy oh, no regular spices what spices you even have right now what salt a pepper you, you Do don't we like have pepper? pepper no <laughs> have you heard of curry me neither i want to discover <laughs> this <laughs> Are you going to miss me? I want you to miss me a little bit. Please of course, I will miss my king. I do this yeah. for you for you and the queen. Okay. Just you're going to name that ship, right? I I feel weird now that I don't that I I, I lost my accent a long long ago. I changed that. It's fine. I realize you're... that I'm just sitting here, the queen. Oh god damn it, uh, what? And I know I'm not supposed to be in here, yeah. but I just want to say that I approve of this trip and that see i i am really into this idea of the chocolate and the spices it all yes. just makes a lot of sense all this business plan you've laid out in a series of questions and meandering like areas of information i think we should put the entire monies of all of spain behind it if we're going Ooh. to talk about questioning accents here, I have it, something to point out. <laughs> no, this is a legitimate Spanish accent. Am I wrong? <laughs> I, I, would, I was being more sarcastic. I was just trying to give the king there a little jab for his oh, jabs I earlier. See. Yes, yes ah, he, see. he lost his accent years ago. He was frightened by a cow that kicked him, and then suddenly he just he speaks like... I don't even know what he speaks like because that place hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> so the cow kicked me and then I feel he laughed at me and it's because of, it was because of my voice. I want to change, change of my voice. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Oh, this is going to be hard. <laughs> what Aya and the other are leprechauns say. <laughs> May the road rise beneath your shillelagh. You take this pot of gold and this hat with the clover on it and this seething racism and misogyny and you will be the king of all of Spain. And now I must follow that a rainbow. Thank you. I will appreciate my time in Barcelona. But I will change my voice. For now, I will truly be the king. Thank you. Legit. 
There you go. <laughs> um, by the way, I believe we do have a sponsor this week. Now, Josh, uh, as you, of course, know very well, Hyman, as our co-host, normally reads the ads. And so he did, of course, pick someone to be his replacement. So you know where I'm going with this, Josh. Um, Chris Sanders, can you please read the ad that Michael Hyman got for us? Uh, yes, I will do that. I've got it. I've got it right here. Great. Hey, parents. Sick of your gross kids always picking their nose? And they're always doing it when you're trying to watch Steve Harvey? You're never going to get them to stop, so why not make it a game with Poconos from Boys Toys, the makers of You're Right, Everybody Hates You, and Nope, comes Poconos. All you need is at least one of your children. Just tell them to poke a nose, preferably theirs. <laughs> but if others want to join too, it's fun for your friends and family. Don't worry about the rules. Once you get a finger inside, the fun really starts. <laughs> Dig deeper, and you're sure to find buried treasure. Poconos from Boys Toys. The results are unpredictable. I remember playing the first version of Everybody Hates You on the NES. Yes. Yeah. God, that was so good. Infinite repeat. So just like, I couldn't yeah, put it down. Get all the, the, uh, the newspapers just come flying through your window. Mm -hmm. Um, because it was set in the same universe as Paperboy. So it's just, it, yeah. it was one of those first cross universe video games. It was great. Is that really a video game? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Paperboy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a first person version of Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, <laughs> uh, they couldn't get the rights to Chris Rock. So they just yes. made it Everybody yeah. Hates. Yeah. And this is the NES, which means they couldn't get the rights from him from CB4, uh, which was, uh, <laughs> you know, it should have been an easier time to get the rights to Chris Rock. Imagine like the old school like RPG version of that game of Everybody Hates You. Does everybody hate you? Yes or no? Mm. <laughs> no. Yes. Roll for version. yes. <laughs> well, if it's a role playing game, then the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 David, something uh, something tingles in the back of my head. I suspect you have an interesting question to that last answer too. That might be a piggyback off of Stevens. Or answer that last question. Oh, totally. Like, uh, so one of the biggest like, intentional decisions I make is uh, I moved to England. So I used to work for a local municipality in LA. So I had a really good paying job, $80,000 a year and like, like full benefits. It was like the best benefits in the state of California. My wife rub that oh, in. We were, uh, <laughs> we were talking about barbers earlier and my wife was a high end hairstylist and she was making more money than I was as a high end hairstylist. Wow. She does. She used to do these things Happily called Brazilian. Nice. <laughs> she used to do thing called Brazilian blowouts, where you get like the brush. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And so like it's, and then you get the hair dryer and you. Um, but you do that like for ASMR hours. ASMR podcast. This now. is done to your pubic hair. No. <laughs> oh, the Brazilian is different. A Brazilian blow. Yes. That's interesting. Um, I feel a scene coming and on. Under your lack of you could really confuse those yeah. two and get into yeah, trouble. Yeah, two out of those three words are fit, fit in the right place. I mean, I guess depending on your pubic hair, you could a, you could get a Brazilian blowout to your pubic hair, but yeah. not generally speaking, I don't think. Right? Yeah. Was it? Do you say not genitally speaking? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I hope we did. I hope Leave we did. In. So doing that like hours a day, like her arms would go numb because you're doing the same repetitive action. Ugh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was at the time, I believe she was 27 or 28. And she's like, she would have her back go out and she'd have like, oh. her arms go numb. And I'm like, dude, you are so young to be having all these mm -hmm. problems with your body. Um, 
So we both read this phase in our career because my job place started getting really toxic where I was, her dream had always been to live in another country. And I was like, if we're going to move, now is the time to move. And so we didn't have kids. You were really ahead of that. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have kids. And like, it was just like, we're both in our careers where we both wanted to change. So we moved to England. So that's where we're moving to England. Wow. Uh, she never got, so she went to school at this place called mud, which was like special effects for TV. Oh, and yeah. Movies. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and so then she went from there, she went to hairstyling, but she, so she never did like her undergrad. She never did her like a degree. So we moved over here and she got her degree in travel tourism. Well, here's one of the things, just to kind of shout out my wife, how amazing she is. I love it. So one of the reasons she, she tried a semester in New York and she did not do very well because she's dyslexic. So whenever the teacher would write stuff or that I'm reading, she always like fell further behind because not only was there the inability to do that, there was shame over falling behind everyone else and feeling not as, as yeah. intelligent. When it has nothing to do with intelligence. No, no, no. Yeah. So she failed out of her first semester of, mm. of um, traditional academics. But now that we moved here and she's older and she is more aware, she not only graduated over here, they have, it's called graduating with a first, which is like graduating like with honors kind of thing. She mm. won three awards and she was up for five Whoa. awards. So the university. Fuck yeah, dude. And so she has, her, she has a degree in travel tourism and her, her, thesis was on film tourism that you visit places mm. because they were in movies and stuff like mm. that um but that was a big move is moving to england we both gave up really good careers and now i'm i'm broke as shit i don't have any money at all now <laughs> but <laughs> but you got that sweet nhs going oh on. my god that's huge yeah that's a huge yeah, how long have you been there we've been here that's three like... years now um so yeah, the NHS is huge, actually, because now, like, we'll talk to... Now that I've left America, I had this thought recently. I, you can look back at America and go, how fucked is our medical system? It is so yeah. shit. With the, the pharmaceutical companies bad. and everything make it worse. Like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, like, I got I got a medical bankruptcy under my belt, so I am right there with you. Yeah. Oh, so, David, here's, an, here's another softball for you. Do you do, you, do you do any improv over in England? Do you, do I you do. still do improv? I do. Improv yeah, is what's the really, scene like? It's really fun and kind of chaotic it's here. It's not bollocks. It's not. It's <laughs> or, Good one, Chris. <laughs> another word they use is bellend. B-E-L-L-U-N-D. Bellend. And I had yeah, to right. ask people what it meant. And it means Oh, I bell. know. And it's a penis because like a bell. Yes. Oh, penis uh, head, yeah. oh, a bellend. Oh, bellend. Got it. Yeah. Bellend. Yeah. Dicky. That's what yeah. It doesn't end with now. Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> but the improv scene is so awesome because it's so new. It's so it's almost like being five years behind what's going on in Los Angeles. Oh, that's great. So you have like a lot of like really independent companies. There's not like two or three companies that dominate the narrative. There's mm. maybe like two companies that are really big. So that's good because there's a lot of different philosophies and ideologies and like if you wanted to, you could just start up a company and you're competitive with any other like larger company around you. That's what makes it good. Mm. What makes it bad is it doesn't have the credibility yet. So if you wanted to teach classes, people are like, $10 for a class, that's a little high. So if you give them a great haircut while you're teaching them that product, <laughs> then it's good value. Money. I can get my beard done, get oil. <laughs> I gotta give you some. I gotta give you some flowers, man. Like I remember when you first started uh, the improv boost. Like you're on fire for improv. I remember you'd be starting shows and events, and I, you know, in the same community. I, you know, I'd be promoting shows and teams. And then I remember that you were moving, and you're still doing it. And I was like, oh, so he's just gonna like 
create a whole scene in England and everyone's just going to listen to him. And then like everybody started listening to you and you started promoting more stuff. Oh, so he's just going to have like workshops and promote teachers and help people fall in love with improv. Right. And then everybody started falling in love with improv and you started getting more people involved. And I think that is just the awesomest thing. Like I am so happy and proud and green with jealousy that you get to do that because that's so much fun watching people fall in love with improv for the first time. And I'm so glad you're doing that over there. So flowers to you, big guy. Bravo. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. I do get like a lot of flack for sure. Like I get a lot of emails that are like, kind of like, like produce my stuff. It's like, I, I'm not a producer. I don't have any money. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I literally get people be like, I want to teach over there. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know you. Like, like cool. people will yeah, just story. Me stuff. <laughs> my, um, my qualification is I'm the only person who does the things he talks about. Like, that's <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, it, it's a perfect example. You know, Josh and I've talked about this a bunch, like sometimes showing up is enough mm. and it's amazing how hard it is to show up uh, oh, yeah. for most people. And like, you're out, you were one of those people who always showed up. It's like, you know, we've we've played with you so much in so many places when you were here uh, because you were always there, like you were always making the effort and putting in the time. And like that, that always, uh, you know, that that's that's for one thing, how you gain skills. But it's also like how people know who you are and how people trust you and how you you get to you get opportunities. You get to, you know, you, you had so many different teams you were on and we're building and we're running, you know, the teaching you're doing. And like that's that's it. So it's always impressive to see someone who really does it. And, and, and you know, it, the results show. That's like if you've like been around a scene long enough, like that is the thing you learn, like is that, oh, it's the people who just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. like, right. Yeah. I mean, Steve, Steve and I have done a show together for 15 years, which mm -hmm. is insane. Um, but like, but that was the thing. Like when we started, it was like, oh, man, everybody's like, it must be some like meritocracy of people who rise the ranks. Like, mm -hmm. no, you just kept showing up. Yeah. Like, just we're still here. It. You're still doing it. Like, and, and that's what makes like that's an institution is just a person who hasn't realized it's time to go home. Uh... <laughs> so one thing, my, my uncle, my, my uncle Tommy, who passed away uh, quite a few years ago, he had, uh, he was very influential in my life. He was an artist and he, he instilled a couple values in me. One of the values is people get like entrenched in the genre of the artwork. Like if they want to be a painter, they're like, I'm going to be a painter and they kind of ignore everything else. And he was very mm -hmm. big of like, what's your message? And if your message is best uh, conveyed by painting, that's awesome. But it could be conveyed by painting and poetry and music all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So he's like, mm -hmm. you don't have to stay loyal to the art form. You have to stay loyal to your voice and find the best venue to express it. No, oh, that's beautiful. Quick point. It's just that there's too many purists in each, uh, in each art form. Like, yes. yeah. there's this awful animosity between improvisers and stand-up comedians. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think it's more often unidirectional from stand-ups to improvisers that they hate you if you are a stand-up you will not you should not so be caught dead fault. doing improv <laughs> um, but then yeah. there's other impro there are improvisers that yeah. don't like stand-up comics but i'm just saying mm. it's really silly because it's it's 100%. the same it's the same form of art it's just choose choose your your message i, I love that how you get it out like, that, yeah. you're still doing art yeah it's like the in my hometown i grew up in the deep south uh and like you know, it, like you didn't have like goth kids and straight edge kids and like death metal kids and whatever, because what you were to the outside world was insert homophobic slur who was going to get your ass kicked. 
And like, like nobody was going to sit there on the outside and appreciate your tiny differentiation. You were just like a walk, a walking punching bag. Yeah. Um, But like the good thing about that was that nobody was too pure about things because like there weren't enough of you to be a dick about it. Uh, Like you like had to be like, this was the only people who had your back. So you might as well like, hey, you know what? Let's just tolerate each other's differences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would not said frequently in South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Josh, you you, were champing at the bit. Go for it. Oh, yeah. So, no, I I, again, I think I'm just going to jump on that, make a pattern of uh, agreeing with uh, David here. Uh, Yeah, I think it's um, that all hands on board really makes that community go work. And you need all you need all the types, especially when you're building that community. I remember when I was just like focusing on my team and just booking shows for my team, it'd be like, yeah, I, I was the purest asshole. Oh, we only do deconstruction. Oh, you're a montage guy. Oh, go fuck yourself. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then once I started like, once I started building shows and you need to like have a network of people, it's like, oh yeah, these people do clown. These people do, you know, uh, soundtrack stuff where it's just set to music or, you know, silent improv and just, and then, you know, as soon as we started booking shows, then monthly shows, and, and then once Jet and myself, we started, you know, booking a theater, you need everybody. You need sketch, mm-hmm. storytelling, you know, uh, yeah. anybody who just has magician fire for it. Yeah. Mag- you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I booked the taste in your voice <laughs> as you said that word. <laughs> yeah. Mind-boggling. It was a, it was a bit. It was, I, I, yeah. I just, <laughs> I've known some very fun, great magicians. I get it. You I'm hate magicians. magicians. Some of my best friends are magicians. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, Josh, I remember those, those, those purest days that we had. Absolutely. And, you know, it wasn't just you. Like, we, we all had, we really, you know, a bunch of us had that real attitude. The whole of, like, team this, was like that. That's yeah. why we did 150 shows. We, were, we do we do really dark, grounded improv. And, blood you know, cancer. Did, deal yeah. with it. Oh, my blood God. Cancer. You know, like, all this other stuff is ridiculous. You know, and eventually it came down to, or we can just do the best show for the moment. And sometimes that show is going to be nothing like what we planned and it's going to be fun. And that's all that's going to matter is that everybody enjoyed it. Back when there was such a thing as uh, improv theaters um, <laughs> uh, and, and people get really dogmatic about the one they'd chosen. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, my team is the best. And, and like, it was never the people who taught or performed at those theaters because they had clearly trained at all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. the, like the people who were the most passionate about it, where the like this was like dogma is a substitute for talent. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and it's like if all you if if you are proud of what you are not, then you are not. And like, Compton, let me tell you what I was the most dogmatic. <laughs> yes. And and as soon as you started letting that go, everything else on stage probably got a whole lot easier. Oh, and yeah. guess what? I started having yeah. friends, and yeah. they started wanting to play with me, and then we started a whole fucking thing. Imagine. How that happens when you say yes and in an improv community? Well, Weird. Can, can I uh, can I no. tell an ugly truth <laughs> about uh, about improv? I sure. think I think we Damn. can all also know there's a truth about improv. Yeah, <laughs> um, we've all been to long form shows where we were like, well, that was interesting. A show, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because I remember a lot of people would be like, very much like long form, man, long form, and I got that way too. It's like, yeah, man, long form. And then I started doing the kids show at Second City, which was Bring all it. short form and say, super yes. fun, silly games. And I was yeah. like, every time I left, I was like, <laughs> like had the most fun. And it was so great. And like at the end of that show, we did a high five line 
where like everybody got on either side and we high fived all the kids that were leaving and all the parents and everything. And I was just like, oh my God, that's because everybody had so much fun from like everybody like in the booth, everybody in the audience, everybody on stage. And it was like, oh yeah, that's right. This is art and entertainment. And it can be both. I was one of the I was one of those guys you just described. I was like, oh, what's your favorite team? Oh, it's not Beer Shark Mice. No, you're wrong. You don't know anything about improv. <laughs> but one of the best shows I've ever seen is a is a comedy sports short form show. Like it's just the speed. Like I I, I thought I was like, how did they do that? Like it's I love short form. I don't think it gets nearly the credit it deserves. I still on. do short form for that very reason because it's I know. super fun. Yeah. Very very fun. Yeah. It's super fun, and it's not like you know, long form's great too. I like. I feel like the longer that I've been doing improv, the more I'm like, all forms are great. Like, mm-hmm. why yeah. do you have to be? I mean, exactly where we started. It's like, why do you have to choose one particular way of doing something? Each one is its own yeah. experience, and each show is its own experience. To say that one is going to be consistent. I mean, that's part of the joy of it is that you can see a group that's like amazing and then have them see see them have an off night and go like, oh, they're humans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mission. That's just the gamble you do. It's really awful that uh, that the kind of the creation of long form the after a few years when um, uh, what Compton said, dogma became a substitution for talent um, where it became so like each different form of long form became so specific that it created very explicit rules in an art form where there's not supposed to Mm -hmm. be rules other (laughs) than like, don't negate just, just yes. And everything that's pretty much it. And it, it, it makes it impossible to perform it and it makes it impossible to enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You're still using an armpit to make fart noises? Uh, <laughs> around here, we are whoopee cushion or nothing. God damn it. Next thing I, you know. I, I, I believe that mm-hmm. I'm using a more natural method that mine does oh. not actually pollute the earth. Oh, uh, I believe that I'm fueling myself the way that Jonathan Whoopi, who I studied under, by the way, inventor of the whoopee cushion, would have wanted me to. Well, I, I have to say, gentlemen. Go, you go. Gentlemen, gentlemen, this is this is silly. I mean, all methods are valid. Uh, <laughs> some though uh, you know, take a bit more commitment than others. I I Thank can't you. believe neither of you have come around to beans. No. Oh, oh beans. please, the old-fashioned way, relying the on the magical human body fruit. to fart is exactly why uh, people no longer spend time at the uh, fartoriums that they used to have. All right? That's why fartoriums of vaudeville die. If I could throw in Jonathan Armpit, because uh, the Uh, expression of the body is an expression of the culture and the individual life experiences. You cannot get an idiosyncratic view from mm -hmm. a a whoopee cushion that's mass-produced. If you are not a method farter, what are you? Uh, I mean, it's almost the word methane right there. It's intentional. It's 
precise. It's commitment. It is it is passing the art th- form through your body, through your gastrointestinal tract. I mean, how much more personal can you get I, into I an a, art form? I have a counter to that, because if a child no. at two months can do what you're doing, there's nothing respectable about it. You're not doing anything that takes training. An armpit, not any... You have to learn. You have to train to make the art... The art uh, Jesus do it and well. Christ, I am tired of listening to all of you guys. These are all inefficient moves. You want to talk about A, B moves? You guys, None of you guys are doing the lip method? It's 100% guaranteed every oh. time. Look, every single oh. time you get the no, same no. one. If you try putting in the armpit, sometimes you miss, huh? The, the and point, then you're on stage and you, you guys don't know what you're talking about. The point am the I the only one that's going to armpit fart during this jam session? I, I, <laughs> legit. Legit. <laughs> I've never learned how to do that with your arm. That's why I try to do it. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I've never learned how to do that. Nor, nor can I. Nor can I. <laughs> I think it's easier when you're a child and or you shave your armpits. I spent so, so much time as a child, it. though, just waving my arm erratically and failing every time. I'll, I just see that. Just but that's this. how Charlie Parker got good, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just practice those scales every oh, yeah. day. To bring us back to that whole concept of like just showing up, that's like the yeah. hardest thing exactly. is you just got to yeah. do it every single day. Yeah. Well, coincidentally, David, um, Sanders wound up with the same injury that your wife had from practicing his armpit farts. Like his arm would yeah. go numb, his back <laughs> yeah. was hurting. My back would go just out. the same repetitive yeah. motion for hours mm-hmm. and hours. Yeah. He used to hang himself upside down, right? To get the... <laughs> uh, and then also to bring us back to that institutional thing, the other thing my Uncle Tommy used to say to me is that artists are compulsive. That you could like teach yeah. someone to have all the skills of an art form. They could take all the best classes and they could be good at those techniques. But mm. if they leave that class and never do that thing again, they're not an artist where you can have someone that has no skills and, and you might think their technique is horrible, but if they're doing that thing, if they're drawing every single day and you yes. might think those drawings are horrible, but they, they're just a bad artist, but they're still an artist. Mm-hmm. Oh. So like he used to say, like, if you put me in jail, I'd probably still be creating stuff because I can't not create something. It's something about a boy. Like musicians, particularly like classical musicians and dancers. Every other artist is a lazy <laughs> bastard. Compared to like like you talk to somebody who's yeah. like a, like my my boss at my job is a like former dancer who is now like a nonprofit CEO. Excuse um, me, do dancers know how to time jump during the scene? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I fucking thought. They know how Can to they actually jump through Next. the scene. <laughs> like when you're a dancer, you get up at six o'clock in the morning and go rehearse for like four hours and then go to school. And then leave school mm-hmm. and rehearse for another four hours, yeah. starting when you're like, like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Or like if you are like, if you are like a serious, like classical musician, you're starting when you're like six years old, practicing four or five hours every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and like, show me, you know, show me how to improvise on a third world herald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but like, but that's like what makes like, yeah, what, what makes you do it is the idea that every time you go, you know what? I could be a little bit better tomorrow. That's great. Yeah. And like yeah. that is like that's somebody who's going to actually do that. But is I will somebody say for who's some like of those just... dancers, for some of those yeah. classic musicians, the idea of why they're getting up that next day is because, you know what? I could get in trouble with mom tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's valid. Yeah. There's so there's a lot of that history. Right. Or this uh, flute won't kick my ass tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um speaking of A to Cing, Josh, uh, I know I know you had something. What was your big A to C moment in life? 
Well, wait, what was did I, intentionally? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Rephrase the question again. I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's uh, what's the biggest intentional life change you ever made? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, I got two of them. One will be quick, and then the one will be about my dad, as always. Um, <laughs> so the first one was taking that improv class, right? Shout out to Paul Valencourt, Dave. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm in his class, level one, and uh, he's like, "Show of hands, who's here for the improv class?" and he goes, why are you taking you know, this improv class? And people are like, I want to be funny. I'm an actor. I had my hand up. And then he goes, you, sir, why, <laughs> why are you taking an improv class? And I said, I saw Saturday Night Live, and I would love to be on that show. And he goes, you're taking an improv class? I was like, yeah, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. He's like, okay, let, let's talk after class, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> 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 and then he introduced me to what sketch was. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love Paul Valencourt. He made sure I at He's least stayed for the first class and got me roped in and then told me what sketch was. <laughs> um, the other thing uh, about my dad, uh, this isn't bad this time, I don't think. Um, thanks for the therapy, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> a lot um, no, no, no. I was eight years old and we we're we're driving in through the valley and we pass uh sunrise little league on victory boulevard and we're at a stoplight and there's three fields and i see all these kids in uniforms playing baseball having the time of their lives and i'm an only child and i see this and apparently from what i was told i burst into tears and my dad's like oh shit he's like are you okay what's going on he's like, and i literally point and i said i want to do what those guys are doing and then, like, the next day, I started learning how to play baseball. Oh. Um, yeah. And then how that went is my first tryout. I couldn't catch anything. I couldn't throw anything. Uh, I went to go bat, and they put a baseball through the pitching machine. And it, like, I break my thumb Ooh, <laughs> because oh, no. the ball hits my thumb at, like, 50 miles an hour. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I stayed with it. And it was, a, uh, it was the first team sport I ever played. And, it, you know, I did that all through. Elementary school, junior high, high school. I, I almost went to almost went to college doing like a walk on thing for baseball, and that was the first like thing I learned about team sports and you know really yeah really learning how to deal with people. And as a person who's an only child, like mm. all those people, I really fall into those like brother and sister patterns super easily because it's always been a team. I think that's why I kind of was like a duck to water with improv. It's like, oh, I don't know these people, but we're going to be on the same page and we all love each other in this art form and we're going to be great at it because we're doing it. Great, let's go. So it seems like those two, two stories are intertwined. Great move, Josh. Thank I you. Was gonna, I was going <laughs> to initially ask you, when you drove past the people playing baseball, was it really the active baseball or the active community that drew you? It had to be the active community. It had to yeah. be, right? Even at that yeah. young age, because I remember being just a child, sitting in my room, playing Zelda, playing I Hate Myself on the NES with the Paper Boy. And just, yeah, I, I just remember just, it was, I still remember it. It burned in my brain. It was like, it was like, it's like a spring day. So it's bright, you know, the, the sky's like that electric blue. I remember one of the team was the Cardinals because they were wearing like that, like red, Cardinal red jerseys. And I just, and the Dodgers because it was royal blue and just. That the Dodgers and the Cardinals, they were playing on the kid field. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was '94, so there was a strike. It was a strike shortened season, so they needed that place, places to practice, and you know, just you know, Piazza was there, and he's a good guy. To borrow a Paul Valencourt term, I mean, it, it seems like the baseball indeed was a currency for like that team 
connection. Oh, damn. Um, you know, 100%. Overanalyze, but it does kind of sound like, yeah, I mean, baseball was was what you saw people having fun as a group thing, as as a connection to each other. And like baseball was how they achieved that. And now improv is how you achieve that. And like it's whatever it is, it's the currency. And and for all of that, I really, yeah, I really developed a community there going back to what David said, because for all the shit I like to, you know, spill tea about my dad on like he was. He was he was the best coach. I remember he would take us all to like Dodger games, Angel games. Like we would have weekend sleepovers together. Like it was such, yeah, that community vibe. And like, yeah, I've always been attracted to that for sure. To tie your story and Stevens together, uh, like I Hell moved yes. out here. I moved out to LA you know, twenty years ago. We're definitely in the uh, third beat of knowing the like I love two this. people. <laughs> but like, and then like ten years later, I've been out here for a while, and like my parents would say hey our friend's kid is moving out to la can you like talk to him and just give him some advice about moving to los angeles and the advice i would always give is like like los angeles is like 10 million people in la county like that's like and if you try to live in a county of 10 million people or a city of 10 million people you're gonna lose your mind and so you want to find your small town like, what is that, like, small oh, community that you can go be a part of? And, yeah. like, for me, it was, like, Second City yeah. and improv. But, like, you know, be, be a local little bar that kind of have its downsides. Uh, but, like, <laughs> you know, like, whatever. Like, volunteer somewhere. Like, go to the same laundromat all the time. And uh, Also, not a great one. But, that shit um, is so true. Like, the bar <laughs> at Iowa West, man. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, keep going. Is it just, like, you know, find that, like, small town of people where you can have a role. Like, you can say, oh, I'm the person who is like this. Right. And, like. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and that's the way you can survive in it, because otherwise you like being one person out of eight million, you are like you're a speck of dust and like you'll go crazy. So I'm I, I don't know. I'm doing my Ph.D. right now in drama and I'm studying improv. That's what my Ph.D. is in. And so one of the things I study yeah, is man. Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. Oh, and she yeah. says that we have a lot of shame. Everyone experiences shame. And the way that we heal from that is by moments of collective sorrow and collective joy. So that's what, like, I think why people are drawn to improv is because there's a bunch of people in a room and you might not talk to other audience members or the people on stage, but you all laugh at the same things or you all find the same things touching. And so like we're talking about like a small town and like the bar thing, like I think that's how we heal because there's so much like divisiveness online or there's so much like politics gets us arguing against each other. But like if you find that improv community or that bar at IO, like there's a lot of healing that goes on or like baseball, like the what Jet said about currency, I think that's totally valid i can yeah totally i love that po- i love the point that you're making i remember we did a especially with like the armando shows like we had a show at acne called allegedly and it was the same cast and you really get a feel for everybody but we had one show where her name was grace harriman and she was you know doing poetry and i remember she read this one poem that was like so deep and so honest and like almost like self-flagellating herself but we all felt that pain. The people on stage, mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. as the viewer, the other 30 people, like it was, you know, it, it wasn't a show at that point. It was just like, we were just sharing that fucking feeling together. And like so much so that like Jet and I will still talk about like great shows and, but we don't even talk about it as a show. We talk about that as like almost like a, what, like a shared moment mm-hmm. Jet, or like mm-hmm. a shared feeling. I don't know, but, Dude, that's great that you're getting your PhD in drama. That's yeah, that is it's, cool. It's both like 
awesome and horrible at the same time because like you know you start analyzing everything about improv like mm-hmm. this passing on culture and tradition and rituals and behaviors and sociology and so then you come to an improv show and then you just start getting like am i doing everything correctly like oh yeah. my god right. what's yeah. going yeah. on here question so, for everybody but isn't that kind of god i love how inside baseball we're getting with it but isn't that also kind of the point like everything from improv is from one aspect coming from you and yeah. that part of it is from your your past, your history, your oh yeah, yeah, your pain, right? Your joy. So you're bringing I, yourself it, to the table, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's That's, bringing themselves to the table. I also think improv is interesting because the more you talk about, the more elusive it becomes. Mm-hmm. To me, it's mm-hmm. like it's like holding water in your hand, yeah. and the more you try to squeeze it to like make it, you know, make sense, the less it does. At least yeah. in my experience, especially like teaching and that kind of thing, because people, especially beginning students, they really want you to tell them exactly what to do mm-hmm. and to describe to them the fluid nature of it. And like the most important thing to me is just listening and taking that other person in and seeing where they're at. Like that's kind of it. Oh, and yeah. uh, the more like rules, I put that in quotes that you add in, the more they like stumble and yeah. stop having fun and yeah, it it can get really it's hard to like explain. like a non-Newtonian fluid. You squeeze it and it just yes. goes through your fingers. Yeah. The thing that always blows people's minds um, in the situations where it's like after a show and it's civilians, it's just audience, a couple audience members come up and they've got the like, how did you do that look on their <laughs> yes. face? Yeah. Uh, or in the handful of quick like um, workshops or classes I've, been asked to come in and, and help teach like I've never taught one by myself but I try to make the point that like you improv nearly every second of every day yeah. Yeah. you mm-hmm. every uh, did we plan this conversation what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's so stupid but nobody ever thinks about that but then when you if that's all you let them know, it's like it gets them out of their head that they realize like they're doing it all the time. And the only thing you have to do is not think. And then so for like a moment, they're like the best improviser in the world. And then yeah. they think and then it all goes away. So definitely on that point, one thing I think about is in uh, when I start a sentence and if I think about this too much, it messes with my head and I can't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. When I start a sentence, I don't know what the last word in that sentence will be. That you just jump off the edge of a cliff and go, I'm going to open yeah. my mouth. And this thought in my head, I trust myself that when I start the sentence, I have no idea where it's going to end up. So you yeah. improvise in the middle of conversations. like, mm-hmm. right. And so uh, I think also we hope to get, at least I hope to get, that eloquent with improv. Because uh, in talking to Paul Valencourt, since it's like Paul Valencourt's amazing fest over here, um, <laughs> that improv is like a language. It's a grammar that you learn. It's like paragraphs and punctuation, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that we get to put in our life experiences or our references as the actual uh, words. But I hope to be that eloquent. With now, David, I think I, I would like to say that, like, I, I'd like to think that both you and I are in some form kind of disciples of that guy because I think he's really helped us along the way, especially with the improv stuff. And I really, yeah, yeah, yeah right? He's great. I, I do think, though, that as much as all that great stuff he teaches us at the end of the day, and this will go back to what Jen was talking about, his big lesson is it's at the beginning of your experience, it's Chop wood, carry water. And 20 years down the road, your learning experience is still chop wood, carry water. It's just that same 
process and repetition and just doing the work is what really is going to bring everything home. Uh, we were talking about like the purism, like, you know, and how you have that dogmatic mind. I think if you're, if you're fortunate enough to get past that, which I feel very fortunate to have that, then I think what substitutes maybe that dogmatism is it, it becomes improv becomes a philosophy for you and, and a bigger picture in life. It's no longer, Oh, you tell this joke and, you know, you, you tell the joke, blow back, and then you hit it with the punchline. No, you apply this yes and thing to, to life. And then that becomes infinitely interesting. It's just, it's weird how that works sometimes. Well, to like go to the um, showing up thing, it's like, you know, you hang around long enough. The people who want to get something out of something are gone. Like they got it and they left or they didn't get it and they left. And the only people are still here, like no matter what it is are the people who actually enjoy doing the thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The guy who's still playing guitar in that like band in your hometown, like in his sixties is the guy who likes playing the fucking guitar. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not the guy who's trying to get a record contract or whatever. He's a guy who like, like sitting up in front of like a group of people and playing fucking angel from Montgomery for the 27th time. But like, but it's, it's like guitar. he gets joy out of that. And as an uh, audience member, I want to watch people who are in love with what yes. they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's, if that's, you are enjoying what best. you're doing, I will watch you do it almost no matter what it I is. Got to, I got to do an improv show on a stage for the first time in, you know, several years um, last week. I saw that. The thought and too. like it was an hour and a half long in, indie show. You know, like, yeah, there's uh, several other teams going up. And the overwhelming thing you could see in every single uh, team up there that made the entire night so magical was everyone was so incredibly overjoyed to be there. That's awesome. And so every single, I saw several teams I, I, I haven't seen in a couple of years and you know, I, I, they were all playing at the highest I've ever seen any of them play at um, because they were all just so overjoyed. And it just, it, it made, it made me feel so good. I'm watching them was, was, you know, uh, probably better than being up there, except I was up there and that was pretty fucking amazing too. And it's just, it was, it was everything I wanted for out of an That's evening. Awesome. Super! Uh, folks, if you just put your tray tables in the upright position and lock your seats up, if we'll, we'll be like, oh my God, oh my God, this man in first class is having a heart attack. Is there a doctor on the flight? Is, is there a doctor? I'm a doctor. I can, I can oh, help out here. Good. What are you a doctor in? Uh, I am a doctor of uh, philosophy. <laughs> Someone call my wife! Uh, sir, sir, you're having a heart attack. Shut up. Okay. Do- a doctor of philosophy. I mean, sure. I mean, um, I am technically a doctor. I'm I know to show a lot us. about the heart. I, I did. I wasn't that specific. So, That's true. Uh, Should I we mean, call for someone else? Or um, I see I can give I, you. You were the first one up here. If I'm you, also a doctor. If you want to. Uh, perhaps I could be of more uh, help. Uh, I, I think she's got some interesting things to, to comment on about this Let man's heart. Let me bring heart. my book out. It's uh, by Kant. He has some interesting <laughs> things to say. Uh, perhaps I could read a few I, passages and. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm no doctor, I really see so I think should work. My name is David Escobedo, and I am a doctor of drama. All right, no, so let I'm me help die. this man right no, now. I need a, sir, I'm sir, gonna... I need a non-geographical location, sir. Sir, no, can you just, give me uh, an area that would fit in this aisle of this shop, plane? A barbershop. Okay, a barbershop. Thank you. A barbershop. I heard barbershop. 
I heard barbershop. All right, sir. I also now, heard barbershop. Can, can I get a relationship? A relationship between two people. Sir, no. look me mm. in the eye. I need a relationship, Man sir. Man and wife. Man Call and my wife. wife. Okay, excellent. Die. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, so, um, and now. This is and, not heartburn. And now what I need from you, sir. Now what I need from you no. is an emotional state. Dying. I'm fucking dying. Come on. Oh, if I, my doctor of philosophy, could you provide an emotional state? Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, there's something called the Oedipal complex, and okay. it's where <laughs> you are emotionally attached to your mother. Perfect. This is the kind of suggestion I'm used to. <sighs> what is this? It's Pearly Gates. There's... Welcome to heaven! <laughs> Meet my dog, Sparky! <laughs> Legit. Yes. It, it feels so good. <laughs> I'm uh, you're totally pointing that. at Steven and he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see that, but but Josh actually called Steven on his landline. Uh, <laughs> I'll use the carrier pigeon now. <laughs> well, I I think that just about wraps it up I, I we didn't get anything i think from jen and chris sanders do you have any any quick ones you want to add in that were your uh hmm. your i moved decisions? to amsterdam that was that was my big one for yeah. a couple of years that yeah. is a huge one that so, was uh Boom i relate Chicago, to right? england yes wow. yeah that's a story that. i definitely want to get some more uh yeah. from you on soon I'll, I'll 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 call you on your landline oh thank you <laughs> all right uh I'm going yeah. to call AT&T in the morning and have them install in line. <laughs> uh, I mean, the like joining the army, um, getting out of the army, and then also moving to L.A. at uh, 36, 30, th- sorry, 35. Wow. Um, only 36 hours after getting married and driving across the country to... Wow. And like, likewise, giving up a quite lucrative job, and it was in performance right. and doing an improvisational show, so it was cool. Uh, but it got old, and you know, had to try it out here. And uh, it's <laughs> yeah, fucking it's, hard here. It's like interesting. <laughs> yeah. I took a break from improv for a little while, and because I felt the same way that improv started getting like formulaic. Like that would be, I think that concept of improv becoming old or formulaic or stuff like I think is a very interesting concept. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I did. I did the same after like I improv in college. Did it like pretty nonstop, and then was like, ah, oh, it's just like a gimmick. Uh, and the camera was like, oh, I was just doing shitty improv. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. Live and learn. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, and part of it was the uh, still showing up, but when you show up, you're seeing the same um type of show and it mm. was the mm-hmm. it was the dogmatic yeah people yeah. that just yeah. like got so pure and like had to had to be a very specific way and i mean most of the time it was heralds uh so, yeah. that yeah, yeah that true. like anything that strayed from that and then and then it was almost a um like a console war but improv theater wars yes where like you weren't allowed uh it was laughable if you tried to perform at io when it was io and in uh or improv olympic in chicago Mm -hmm. if you had been uh taking any classes or even hanging out anywhere near second city um really what i always find so entertaining about the dogma is like the herald if you're listening to this and you don't know what the Herald is, 
God bless you for sitting See through the this improv conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, Ray. Um, but like, it, like <laughs> what is treated like the Bible is, I mean, much like, like the Bible. Like this is just, <laughs> this is people That's like right. looking and saying like, hey, what were those things that you that worked a lot? We should yeah. do all those together. Like that's it. Like we should yeah. call. We should have callbacks. We should sometimes have all the people on stage at the same time. Like that's that's pretty much it. This is like, consistently it, more successful than other stuff. So let's just yeah. aim to do this over and over and over again. Right. Don't eat pork in the desert. Like it's the same thing. Like you know, these are just <laughs> basic survival strategies. Improv books, the Bible, medical texts. It's all just the yeah. stuff that worked a bunch. Yeah. Let's write it down. Right. Yeah. Mm. That somehow One of these the author is, is taking like a the big cut off. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of things people can take big cuts out of, uh, I think it's time to end this uh, nonprofit podcast. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All, all you are wonderful personalities. This is wonderful. Oh, yeah, my man. God. Thank, oh, you. thank you. Oh, thank you for, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for your transatlantic appearance with a seven-month-old. Your personality uh, is also wonderful. And two cats. Yeah. Uh, thank you, as always, to Matt Walker for our intro and Woo-hoo. outro music. This episode was hosted and edited by me, Jet Kaufman, and uh, co-hosted this week by our special guest, David Escobedo. Thank you again. Uh, And this episode featured the talents of Josh Spence, Jen Burton, Chris Compton, Chris Sanders, Stephen C. James, and again, one more time, David Escobedo! Thank you so much. Thank you. Every scene you heard today was improvised on the spot, along with some of the ads, with only a light touch editing for your comfort. If you're loving what we're doing, pause this show real quick and write a five-star review before you close the app and tell a friend about us. And don't forget to wash your hair. It's gross. Seriously, I'm, I am talking to you. <laughs> uh, before I ask if we can start recording now, Taylor Hawkins, you will be missed. You're a part of my favorite band. I love you. Mm, yes. Je- can we start recording now? Yes, Josh. We can start recording now. I don't believe anything's on Oh my time I kick the door on its hinges just so I could move on You know, Escobedo is direct descendant of Christopher Columbus. <laughs> uh, 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 by the way, Chris, I was going to pay Sanders a compliment earlier, but then Jet was like, oh, let's fix this thing that's not working about the recording. Uh, uh, I love that scene, Chris. The that moment so when you brought Jen in as the janitor, I was like, that is goddamn improv being like, hey, I'm the assistant. I'm just going to, I'm going to make my scene partner here look good. I'm just going to be the assistant. I would like to introduce these two awesome concepts to each other and then bow out. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) My work here is done. That was fun. And going back to earlier too, when we were talking about like falling in love with like a show or the community or the people, I'm going to tell you this, David, I put together an Armando show for Acme theater called allegedly where I was going to assemble the best talent around me. So I can look good and have everybody else do all the hard work. Yeah. And I didn't do a show. And they were so good on their own that I fell in love with just watching them. I didn't even join the team that I set out for me to be the ringer on. And I just watched <laughs> them for like 50 shows. And they're still like my favorite team 
of all time. They were the best. So, yeah. Cheers to you guys. Wait, your favorite team wasn't Bear Shark Mice? You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Did you say Bear Shark Mice? He did, yeah. Bear yeah. Shark Mice sucks. <laughs> Wait, that's not, not how it's pronounced. That's, that's not how it's, it's pronounced. It's the cover team time. for the other <laughs> one. They, they did their own remake of uh, Bad News Bears where they played all the characters. <laughs> I thought it was called Bear Shark Mouse. Isn't that the name right. of the team? Bear yeah. Shirt Mouse? Yeah. It's, it's changed Flynn every time. I love it. Yeah. Bear Shirt Moose. No, that's yeah. right. The, can, the great Canadian shirt improv moose. team, Bear Shirt Moose. It's a moose. German opera, right? <laughs>